Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 282 for Monday, January 29th, 2024. My name is Joel Duggan, and joining me as always is my friend Johnny, who does not have artificial intelligence. Real deal, right here, also known as Pixarus. Hello, sir. Hello. Uh, I will not vouch for all of my intelligence being organic. I do occasionally use Google. Um, but <laughs> we've been talking about a bit of artificial intelligence. Also, the bread rising in Joel's kitchen and the rain falling at the cinema, where I've been to see the end we start from. Uh, all of that is in the Render Distance, which is the extended version of the podcast that our patrons get to listen to. You can sign up to support the show and listen to an extended show every week by signing up at Patreon patreon.com slash the spawn chunks in addition to that our january 2024 monthly hangout with our patrons was this past saturday and should now appear in the patrons rss feed for anyone who wasn't able to join us live looked at a bunch of really cool screenshots of what everybody's been building lately and identified a trend towards pink and cherry leaves in general so if you want to learn what's new in the minecraft community that's a great place to be Additionally, our quarterly hangout will be recorded on Saturday, February 3rd. That's this upcoming Saturday. That's going to be at 2pm GMT, adjust for your time zone accordingly. And that's where you can get the inside scoop on how the podcast has been performing as we move into 2024. Once again, that's going to be available for our patrons to listen live or listen in the patrons-only RSS feed afterwards. So what has been new for you this week in Minecraft? It's not so much been new as a continuation of the old, or at least the project I was working on for the last couple of weeks, but the floating island is coming together really well. I've now built the ship and even expanded upon what I had in creative in terms of building out the deck and everything. I've not quite started the sails yet, but I have a couple of screenshots that I can share in our live chat. I'm really happy with it so far. Did a bit of landscaping to tie the island into the ship and and have like a cliff that's sort of sort of supporting the ship underneath it and so far i'm happy with the scale the ship might look a little large with the proportions of the island but i'm sort of judging it to be like the island has enough land mass and the ship has a large enough set of sails that together somehow one or the other of them keeps the other afloat and i spent a bit of time on streams this week uh building out the ship in its entirety it's sort of cut between that for the video that was released later today uh, but also doing the the landscaping added in the details of prismarine around the aft of the boat so it looks like it's kind of trailing a few waves but made out of a rockier substance which blends with the the cliffs below it and i was trying to figure out how to make it look good from certain angles considering that from where my base is if i hop over the hill i can see this in the neighboring valley but the flat plane of the grass on top of the island is more or less level with my eye line so i'm looking at it very front on very face on for the majority of the time i'll be seeing it unless i'm flying up and past it and from that angle just building the slopes of the terrain out of grass all i was seeing was the brown faces of the dirt blocks and they were blending with the ship at that distance oh, yes. because the spruce wood that i've used for the majority of it kind of blends with the dirt color so in the end i ended up landscaping the edges of each of those dirt steps with moss instead and i didn't want the grass color to seem so uniform and bright but ultimately it works out better to do that than to do the alternative which was leave all of the dirt in there and just have this shapeless brown mass underneath where the the ship was so i think it turned out pretty well in the end i've started to texture the underside of the island with uh deep slate and tuff and a bit of glow lichen which i'm now farming in greater quantities and at least the top half of the ship with the deck is 
actually enclosed now, so there's a door that goes into the cabin space, and I haven't done any work below decks at all, but I just wanted to get the baseline, seal off everything above the, uh, the, the sort of rail of the ship and make sure everything there felt like it was reasonable looking from the outside, that there weren't any gaps that you could see through and find just a, a hollow space underneath. Um, aside from that, the fact that this is obviously an interpretation of a 2D image means I can have more fun with the 3D elements. So underneath the cliff that I've now built supporting the ship, I could put in a cave where I can have like more loot that these maybe sky pirates have gathered and stashed in there as like a safe haven for some of their ill-gotten gains. Or if you imagine like the ship can detach from this thing and fly off on its own and then maybe come back to the island and deposit some of the stuff they've got there. So maybe in the longer term, when I feel like doing a little bit more tinkering with this project, I will add a few more details like that in here and there. But the majority of the time I'm just focused on what makes the outside look good and so far I'm pretty happy with the results. I really like the... I guess, functionality of moss in that you can use it to remove that dirt side in vanilla Minecraft. And I find it also helps soften up some things and you can do it in ways that you don't have to do it everywhere. You know, you can, in the same way that you dither a texture, you can kind of dither moss into your, your grass landscapes and, and have it be really effective. And something that I've been doing as well to help soften the size of things is on the corners of like different, I guess, tiers of landscaping because Minecraft deals with like those slices um, using uh, leaf blocks, usually azalea because it matches the grass color in plains biomes and other similar biomes so well. And it helps soften the edges of, of um, landscaping to make it look more smooth, but also you can see through it. So if you're finding that you're missing part of the ship, like you didn't expect that the landscape was going to block so much of your view, if you added in some different bush blocks, you might be able to see a little bit more brown through that, which might help a little bit. But I love the way that this is coming together. The first thing that struck me was the scale that you chose is really effective because even though I know they're fences, it reads as rigging and, and roping Good. from the distance, right? Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things like as someone that's, you know, playing minecraft as much as as we do it's really hard to unsee that stuff when you know the blocks that are being used for it and specifically even something as subtle as the looped ropes that are hanging off the what is it, is it the bow mast what's the name of that do you, do uh, you the bow sprit yeah bow sprit yeah so like that immediately kind of sells the the rigging and the the climbable stuff that would be elsewhere on the main masts and it's really really effective Thanks. Um, what's yeah. what's the what's the scale inside? You have you mentioned that you haven't done anything inside. Like what what kind of room do you have inside? Are you dealing with like a tight space or is it pretty roomy? It's pretty roomy. I mean the the ship is about fifteen blocks wide and fifty blocks long. So the hollow okay. space underneath yeah. there, plus the fact that the hull doesn't curve upwards on the inside, I've done that purely with the rock formations on the outside. the The actual wall of the ship is a straight wall all the way down to the ground. And I see no need to really emulate the normal anatomy of a ship on the inside, considering that it's meant to be part of this island. I think even in the drawings, it looks more like they have built the ship there rather than they have crashed it. And so I don't right. feel the need to necessarily mimic the realistic anatomy of a seafaring vessel here if it's going to be part of this island and integrated with it from the beginning. So... 
I can do whatever I want with that space and not feel like it has to be all boarded and curved sides of the hull and everything and and like a keel underneath or anything like I'm not really bothering with any of that. So I've got room to do stuff in there if I want to. I haven't got any plans for turning it into, you know, a darkroom mob farm or anything like that. I have mob farms built elsewhere that are going to be much more effective at what they do. But I just wanted to build this as an aesthetic thing and maybe figure out what I want to do with it later, if anything. But I'm really happy that you say that the, the fences look like rigging because that's one of the parts I was really unsure of at first especially with the scale of the masts which i've increased since i tried building this in creative somebody mentioned that the the masts should almost be taller than the ship is long and right. i i increased them to a height that felt ridiculous at the time but the more i look at it the more it feels natural and once i get the sails in i expect it'll make a lot more sense but the top of the masts is actually at a point where the clouds can travel through them <laughs> <laughs> and because this is a floating island, I think the mast maybe tops off at like Y200 or thereabouts. And the flat part of the island is at about 130, 135. So it really does feel imposing. And it almost feels like the clouds attach them to the top mast as like sails after a certain point, which is nice. But I will have to build permanent sails up there eventually. No, that's very, very cool. It's funny how quickly scale starts to escalate in minecraft like you you build the thing and you're very happy with the the bottom parts of it but then when you realize wait a minute i want this to actually look taller than it is wide and you realize well that means it's gonna have to reach up into the sky i remember that with the skyscrapers in southport you do like yeah okay there's one apartment on each corner so there's four apartments on a floor and they're this wide and you know to make it all fit and it's not like they're spacious they're pretty tiny apartments but then you realize, well, wait a minute, I want this building to feel like a tall apartment high rise, not like a, a four block walk up. Right. And you realize, oh, my gosh, like this is going to be massive <laughs> in order yeah. to get this to from the outside for it to look like a tall and skinny building. You realize just how big things have to be. And I think part of it, of course, is that Minecraft adds that extra oomph because of the, the thickness of the blocks when you're making walls for things. Yeah. And I imagine you probably have the same issue with. Um, even though, like you said, it was roomy inside, the fact that the the hull is a meter thick is is probably going to be, you know, interesting when it comes to to being inside, and probably some of the suspension of disbelief as well, because you could imagine the curve within a within a meter, right? Like it's not going to curve in an entire meter uh, for a ship like that. But I like the idea of the ship being built on the island as opposed to crashing to it. It's like everybody's on this island. We need to build a house. And everybody's like, do you know how to build a house? Nope. What about you? Nope. I can build a ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can build a boat. We'll just live on that. Like, there, there are no rules. Have to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no, so that's great. I'm planning on adding a bunch more rope work and stuff once the sails are in place, because naturally they'd need to be like, uh, you know, rigging and, uh, you know, lines that would control the sails. And I think some of those ropes are probably even going to be anchoring it to the landscape a little bit um, as though everything needs to be kind of tied down or it will float away so i'm going to experiment with a few things like that but now that it looks like this i'm happy with it sitting in the background and can maybe move on to some other projects but i'm just going to be working on this in in the background for a little while and see how it's uh looking at the end of that see if i can get it looking the way i want it uh, for now i still have to do a bit more detail of the landscape around the back since that is still mostly empty but it looks good from the angle i'll be seeing it most of the time so i can be happy with that for now 
Well, welcome to my world of trying to make the landscape look good from every angle. <laughs> uh, that's that's what I've been doing. I've been finishing up some of the landscaping in West El Valley. And uh, last time we were speaking, I was working on the riverbanks near the wheat farm. Those are now done. Uh, there was only a little bit left to do as it kind of like the, the West Hill River kind of curves north and goes out of sight. So I basically did the, you know, the adjustments up around the curve and said, all right, done. Don't, I'm not worrying about anything I can't see around the bend. And uh, in that process, I realized that while I had expanded the wheat farm a couple of months ago, I hadn't finished the original plot, the um, northmost plot on the other side of the river. And it was all laid out, the wheat was in, but I realized that the walls were all placeholder cobblestone and andesite and they hadn't properly been textured. And I needed to go over with new blocks anyway, because back when I built this area, we didn't have rooted dirt, we didn't have moss, uh, we didn't have tuff. So... I wanted to make the uh, original part of the farm match the extended part. So that was the next thing on my to-do list was going over the wheat field details and just, you know, adding in little texture bits, the kind of thing that just, they don't take that long. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme in terms of um, people are not going to be walking down the individual paths in this wheat farm going, oh, look at all the special texture that Joel put in. But I feel like when you have these wheat farms that have, paths in them so it's not just a solid landscape of wheat there's like little lanes where uh, a farmer could walk down in between the wheat and adding lighter blocks closer to where you might see those blocks from outside the other side of the river on the bridge i find just kind of adds that level of completion and uh, also there is a road that kind of curves and leaves the valley to potentially another, you know, server mate might want to make a kingdom or a farm, something, you know, that way. So there's a chance that people are going to be walking by and I wanted the road to feel complete and having a stone wall around the edge of the farm really helps feel it, make it feel like a, a complete nestled portion of the landscape. So that was all taken care of and ends up being a really cool backdrop because as I was working on other things closer to West Hill, um, I think it was Cosmic in my live chat that mentioned like it's really neat to see kind of over your shoulder the completed landscape in the distance. Like obviously there's still things that are not done in the valley. I've got a couple of other farms I want to put in. But knowing that the edge of the render distance is now done really helps the whole place feel just kind of nestled and and finished and like it has a history. And I'm even noticing, even though I use it mostly for just like measuring and thinking about where I want to put stuff that I'm referencing the zeros world map mod that I have installed to kind of look down and you can see the landscapes where I've done some texturing and it looks more like a finished painting. Whereas anything that's vanilla Minecraft generation, it's just green. Yeah. It's one shade of green and then there's the tree green and then there's like the dirt brown and then there's like the snow. It's very, very simple colors, just like a regular Minecraft map would be. But once you start adding in grass and bush blocks and moss blocks and like azalea saplings buried in the ground, they all on this map, because I've got the natural block color option turned on, they have a different shade of green. So it looks a lot more like when you look down at the top of a, of a grass block texture, there's obviously many, many different shades of green in the top of a grass block texture. And now the map is starting to look like that in the areas just immediately surrounding West Hill. So even from the map view, it starts to have this finished look, like this kind of polished kind of, um, I guess, shine to it. 
uh, I think about it like when I was doing drawings and you'd have like those final details, like little sparkles in the eye or a reflection on the nose, just like little tiny things that really make something feel like it's in an environment. And that's what I'm starting to feel like with, with West Hill. And um, the last thing that I did, which is not something I'm going to make a practice of because I'm trying to move forward and have the history of the build reflect that it's taken me three years. And over those three years, I've kind of learned new tools. I've changed some of my build styles and some of the ways I want to do things, but I've never really been happy with the front gate. The top of it has always been just a little bit on the weird side. And so I changed the top from uh, the original design, which is from November, 2020. It's one of the first things I built with this main gate. I think I remember sharing the concept art from it, from ArtStation that I was modeling it after. Uh, but in the process of just kind of developing the town over the last few, few, uh, few years, I've added bell towers around and I now have a bell tower on the east gate in the west quarter. It's not on the west gate because the west gate, there's a mountain there. So the west gate is actually more south. And then attached to the keep, there's also another southern bell tower. And so it felt kind of incomplete as a thought to not have a northern bell tower. And the moment that that popped in my head a few months ago, I thought, I know right where I want to put it. And that's replacing the ugly little round knobby thing that's on the top of the front gate that doesn't serve any purpose. And so I replaced it with the bell tower. And the fun part is that I didn't have to really design the bell tower. I just kind of had to decide where on the gate vertically i wanted it to start and then i just copied the design from the other locations because they're all the same shape they vary in color and material depending on what get you know what area they're in but this was easy because the the front gate already has dark oak bone block spruce wood pretty straightforward and so i just kind of copied the shape used some colors i tried a few different things but ultimately went with a fairly straightforward design and then you add the gold of the bell in there and man, what a difference it makes. I I don't want to say that it makes it look like cartoony, but it certainly takes what was maybe a hyper-realistic or, or a too, a too real approach to the previous design and just amps it up a little bit more like Disney film and helps it match the rest of West Hill. And now again, feeling like it's more cohesive and more complete. And so I'm, I'm quite happy with it. I, it's brought up some other things where as I was up there working, I realized I did not add any texture to this roof. Like there's, it's just all dark oak planks. Like I need to do something <laughs> to, to spice it up a little bit. So I unfortunately have added something to my to-do list, but it's not a big thing. Um, but uh, checking that stuff off, it's nice. Three days, three streams, three check marks in the book. I like that process. Like it's a really good feeling to not have like part one through seven of a build on a stream it's nice to have just like a hey i finished that today <laughs> what's next you know yeah yeah and i think the changes to the tower look great you like you've got a bit more contour in the Thank tower you. as it rises up as well so it looks a lot less square and flat from the outside and then yes yeah i think the the changes to the top of it uh yeah look great and they do match the other towers that you've got elsewhere in the town a couple of which appear in these screenshots so yeah that's great it's it's great to it must be a, like a really good feeling especially having worked on the project for the length of time that you have to have a visual representation of well this is how far i've come like i remember talking to fix it about that about the realm of vaston uh back when we had him on the show ages ago now uh where he was saying 
I leave a lot of my early builds and then I move on to different areas and so the area you spawn in is like stuff I was building five or six years ago and my build style has come along loads since then and I would build absolutely everything differently but having it there is like a good marker of like well this is where I was at at this stage in my building career and yeah. here's where I've moved on from there but I think it's nice that you can make subtle changes like this that feel like they make the entire project a lot more coherent I think that's that's a that's a valid way to change things <laughs> instead of just yeah. completely demolishing it and rebuilding it from the ground up and I think there's a difference between building something and then a, a few months later going back and redoing it and then a few months later going back and redoing it when you've got a project that spans three years, three Minecraft updates, like that to me is like, there are blocks that I didn't even have yeah. when I built some of this. And in some cases, I absolutely am going back on purpose where I say like, I'm mental note, I'm not finishing. A good example is the um, the, the the seaside or not the seaside, the riverside wall of the keep that I was waiting to do that until tough was in the game because mm -hmm. I knew it was coming and I knew it would be good for it but I just, I didn't want to do it twice. So I was just leaving it, even though I was working on other things around the keep. And so that to me is like returning to the build when a feature or a block or texture that you know is coming is becoming available. What I'm trying not to do is go back over stuff, you know, and there are a few things that kind of rub me the wrong way. There's a farmhouse out in the middle of the West Hill Valley that's absolutely ginormous. Like it doesn't match the scale of anything else in the valley. It was the very first thing I attempted. And so I don't necessarily want to redo it, but I, I almost want to knock down about a third of it just to kind of make it feel a little bit more like it's going to scale. So we'll I have to see if that's something that I decide to do. If I do, it'll be the last thing I do. I'm not making it a priority. It's just kind of those mental notes of like, maybe when I'm out, you know, working on a new city build or sci-fi build, I'm going to have a hankering to go do some medieval stuff, or I'm going to want to break from what I'm working on. And I'll just have like a a kind of an upkeep or a little poking to-do list around the server to kind of like change it up, you know, keep it fresh. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what other things I can, I can check off. Um, I'm also still behind the scenes trying to work on upgrading to 1.20.4, which I mean, at this point, I might even just wait <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to see if 1.20.5 is going to drop. Uh, because you know, speaking of um, we're moving into the news, we have a new snapshot this week. Minecraft Java Edition Snapshot 24W04A was published on the 24th of January. Changes in 24W04A. The armadillo now rolls up when it detects a mob or player that has attacked it recently. When the armadillo is rolled up, its shell will protect it and reduce the damage dealt to it, even allowing it to fully resist weak attacks. And the allow cheats option has been renamed to allow commands. Technical changes in 24W04A, the data pack version is now 29, added an option to use a faster region file compression algorithm on dedicated servers, introduced changes to optimized worlds, improved server TPS debug chart, and reduced time needed to generate explorer maps to buried treasures. Under the data pack version changing to 29, that adds the transfer command, a new command that triggers a transfer of a player to another server. This only exists on dedicated servers. The command has the following parameters. Host name, the host name of the server to connect to, basically the server IP address. Port, the port number of the server to connect to, which defaults to 25565 if you don't specify a port. And players the username of the player to transfer. 
if no player is specified, then at s is used, executing the command on the player that triggered it. Changes to experimental features in 24w04a. The breeze is now aggressive toward iron golems in addition to players. The breeze no longer retaliates against attacks from skeletons, strays, zombies, husks, spiders, cave spiders, or slimes. In return, these mobs will not retaliate when hurt by the breeze's wind charge projectile. Stone cutting copper blocks into copper grates now outputs four copper grates. Fixed bugs of note in 2404A. Retrieving a plant from a flower pot ignores inventory contents. Breeze doesn't attack or regulate against mob on site. Trial spawners ignore custom underscore spawn underscore rules. Retrieving an item from a flower pot while holding something causes the item to end up in your offhand. And shooting a breeze with a piercing crossbow makes the game crash. A full list of bug fixes and full details of technical changes in this snapshot can be found at the minecraft.net article linked in our show notes at thespunchunks.com. The other big news this week is that the vault block was revealed. In January's Minecraft monthly video over at youtube.com slash Minecraft, they announced the vault block, which simultaneously answered the question of what trial keys are for. Vaults currently look similar to trial spawners, but when a player uses a trial key on one, they eject items as a reward. The items in the video were all enchanted iron tools and armor, although the developers have confirmed, this is via King B Dogs on Twitter, that this is strictly placeholder loot at present. The video also confirmed that while the vault can only be unlocked once per player, other players can use trial keys and receive their own loot, which gets around the issue of other players already having looted a structure on multiplayer servers. Vaults should arrive in Java snapshots and bedrock previews soon. There is no confirmed date for this, but we are kind of hoping, fingers crossed, that we'll see some either later this week or early next week. And later in this episode, we will be discussing the new vault block in the main discussion. In the meantime, what do we think of the changes in the snapshot? Well, personally, the thing that stands out to me from this is that they've renamed cheats to commands. I'm really happy about this. And this is something I think we've talked about on the show before. Uh, I forget exactly which episodes for reference, um, but we definitely had this discussion. And I think going back on what we said, it removes the stigma around terms like cheating when people can be totally transparent about the use of admin commands. You know, some people leave cheats enabled on their single player worlds just in case they need to mess with anything. Like if they have some world corruption issues and terrain starts messing them about, they can clear sections of terrain for stuff like that. Some people even want to change stuff like fire spread or keep inventory on the fly. And I've done that in the survival guide in the past to demonstrate the differences between those things and test stuff that people have written in about. So I think it's, you know, a, a decent change and one that like I said, removes the stigma and the negative connotations of people being seen as cheating when realistically there could be perfectly legitimate reasons uh, about reasons to use commands and, and admin options in your world. The only significant pushback I've seen on this from a semantics point of view is that some commands were already available even without toggling the option. Like if you do slash seed in a single player world, it prints the world seed on the screen for you. If you do slash message in the chat on a multiplayer server, then you can whisper to other players. But uh, I think in my opinion, that distinction doesn't really need to be made because it'll be obvious from what you're capable of doing on a server 
whether those commands are available, whether commands are enabled or not. But I think it's high time that the cheating uh, distinction was, you know, taken out of the game entirely. And, and commands, I think, are what most people already end up referring to them as. And we've talked about this a number of times on the show, I recall, and also have received several emails, not just this week, but like over the course of the discourse on the spawn chunks about this, we've had a number of people write in with similar opinions. And actually just this week, uh, Jack W wrote in to say that playing with keep inventory switched on feels more welcoming and less like a quote unquote bad thing. Yeah. And I've never been part of the player base that felt weird about commands and cheats i think some of that comes from i entered minecraft as like very quickly a three-month video game hobby turned into content creation at which point i didn't really care about you know cheats or commands because like i wanted to fly around and get screenshots i wasn't going to play like that but like it just it made way more sense than trying to like pillar up on something to take a screenshot of a build so I've never really had that issue. And I'm also wondering, and this is just a question, and I don't want to sound accusational at all. Do you think that it might be the younger players that think about like cheats in that way? Like I, none of the people that I run into, again, all of them are usually adults that play Minecraft and talk about it ever seem to have that attitude, you know, and it could be just the, the circles that I travel in are all, you know, like kind of watching Hermitcraft, watching you, talking with you every week. Um, friends of the show, like, you know, whip and fix it. And th those folks, because of the way that they play Minecraft and use Minecraft to create, not just within the game, but other things, they tend to use all of the tools available to them without question. I, I don't know if it's necessarily just the younger players, but it's a certain, like, there's a maturity of attitude, I think, that comes with understanding mm, that, like, while they are called yeah. cheats, there's not necessarily a connotation of exploiting the game for your gain and to the detriment of other players i think that's something we've always talked about when whenever anyone writes in says you know is this or that cheating and we our answer is usually play the game how you want as long as nobody else is put at a disadvantage and like it it, it all has to do with notions of fairness and equality whereas naming admin commands cheats kind of assumes that any use of those is somehow wronging somebody else and that's simply not the case especially in the case of stuff like game rules where they can be set before you even load up a world and then you're not necessarily using minecraft's default settings but nobody would accuse you of cheating if you disable fire spread before you log into a world whereas if you don't know that that's there and then you want the option to enable or disable fire spread later then the question remains is that cheating or not and i think the vast majority of this problem still lingering is going to be in something like the xbox ecosystem wherein achievements are locked behind whether or not you have cheats enabled right and you can't yeah. earn achievements by enabling commands but that's another thing entirely because it has this sort of i guess prestige this sort of like assumed importance to achievements and obtaining yeah. them in a legitimate way so yeah it's uh it's an ongoing discussion but i think one that is improved by the uh the the renaming of cheats to commands with the armadillo changes they all seem to make sense in terms of you know it remembering being attacked and balling up out of fear and all that kind of stuff i like that character that it adds i i do kind of wonder though We've seen recently that the breeze will deflect 
projectiles in order to encourage the player to engage the breeze in a different way. I kind of wonder whether the armadillo should also reflect projectiles. That seems like a fun way to have like, you know, a skeleton that would be shooting at an armadillo and have it just kind of like roll up and have it, you know, like tink off of it. Like you're shooting an arrow at a frying pan, you know, that it could add some, some character and it could also add some functionality. Like I kind of wonder if they really did bounce off the armadillo what if you ended up bringing an armadillo into a trial chamber? It gets spooked and turns into a ball. And then anything that shoots it just starts shooting things back around the room, either where they came from or just randomly. <laughs> so it yeah. could be a hazard to the player, but it could also just be really fun to watch the breeze shoot the armadillo. The armadillo basically tennis that <laughs> off to a slime or something else that's in the room and have chaos ensue. I, I don't know. I just It feels like it's it's got that kind of vibe to it where to me, and this is the cartoon animation background coming in where like, I can, I want a sound effect, <laughs> you know, when it's in a ball and someone hits it, I kind of want it to have like a, uh, armor deflection noise as mm -hmm. opposed to the regular kind of Minecraft punch noise, kind of like that little kind of staticky punch that, that happens. It'd be nice if it had like a, uh, a different acoustic feedback because we get that in so many other things now with like different, sounds when you're walking on things or um, punching things. Certain blocks have different noises now. It would be really cool if mobs had different noises for that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree that having some deflection mechanic in the armadillo would be kind of fun. And obviously it would work differently depending on whether the armadillo is rolled up at the time. Like if it's in defensive mode, then it makes sense. But then uh, I, I think it makes it slightly more complicated if the armadillo can't be shot at all. <laughs> um, but I, I, I like I like the idea. Um, I'm curious about because it says you can dis it absorbs any damage from weak attacks, which is typically when a player attacks if they haven't let the cooldown completely wear off on whatever weapon they're using say you're using an axe for example if you swing it it takes a while to charge back up again right that little attack meter fills back up. Um, I wonder if you can still knock back the armadillo even with weak attacks. Therefore, if you get a bunch of players with slow-to-respond tools like axes, could you then play armadillo sports? Can you now use the armadillo right. as like a football and you're kind of dribbling it around by just spam clicking, um, which obviously works differently on Java than it does on Bedrock, but I think it'd be kind of fun if yeah, a, a weaker attack like that could be used to move the armadillo around without damaging it. And that could lead to, yeah, a couple of interesting uh, minigame opportunities, let's say. Yeah. Or if any of sound is involved, you know, armadillo xylophone. Anyway, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> Before we move on, I want to uh, bring up what's going on around copper grates at this point, because the maths is losing me. I basically have no idea. Last week, we didn't actually get to touch on it at the end of the newsread, but they changed the crafting table recipe for copper grates to produce as much as the stone cutter did but in this snapshot it doesn't seem like they've changed that but they've changed the amount that the stone cutter produces and i'm not sure whether that's rebalanced what it was before if it's gone back or if it's just like been wrong this entire time like i can't remember exactly what was going on with copper grates but it's confused me because i didn't think it was particularly broken before i'm just yeah a little <laughs> a little baffled by all of the changes going on with those thought that it increased the yield from the stone cutter but i could be i could be because you put one copper block in the stone cutter and you get four copper crates mm -hmm. 
And in order to get copper grates in the crafting table, you can't, I don't think you just put in a copper block. Don't you have to put like four in a square or something? Yeah, okay. okay. I'm, I'm looking at it on the Minecraft wiki page for copper grates now. And in 24W03A, it said stone cutting a copper block into a copper grate now outputs one copper grate instead of four. So they basically nerfed the stone cut version so that it had the same output as the crafting table recipe and they've just reverted it in this uh in this snapshot but they 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 kind of like hung a note on it in, in a way that it made it feel like something different had changed rather than just that change was reverted so i, I was kind of kind of thrown by that but yeah in in the stone cutter you always get more output for modified copper blocks like cut copper you get a four to one uh ratio where you get one to one in the crafting table um or, or you get one to four i guess you get four blocks from a single block of copper and that had i guess carried over to copper grates but it was maybe listed as a bug before and now it's back to working that way so so it'll be the same you you end up with uh an equal amount of copper grates as you do the other copper blocks when you put it through a stone cutter yeah i the way that it is now i think is beneficial to the player yeah and yeah i have i have a hard time remembering the stone cutter balances because we've got a bunch of data pack recipes on the citadel that change a number of things um most of them are wood related which you can't use the stone cutter for in vanilla anyway and so my use of the stone cutter is a little bit fuzzy because i i use it for stone but i don't think like i and this is probably the end game player in me too i just put like a stack of something in there and hit the button that i want like i, I don't think about what my ratio is because i just have so much of everything um but it, it certainly is more efficient than doing it on the the crafting table for most things i yeah. think yeah, yeah yeah i think a lot of players are going to be used to bringing a stone cutter around with them at this point when they're working on aesthetic builds if you want like mm -hmm. a one-to-one -one stair crafting ratio and everything then that makes makes perfect yeah. sense so good that people will have the stone cutter around for for copper stuff as well i thought the server transfer command was really interesting too uh, oh yeah i know i've i know i've heard of this in server communities but it's been so long i don't know whether that was like a custom thing like a certain server setup that allowed this there's a plugin called bungee cord that allows you to link dedicated servers together so you enter like a nether portal or something from one server yes. and it will it will take you to an instance of a mini game or whatever that's playing on a completely separate server just to keep the load down on the server they're using as a lobby Right. And so what I was thinking of, the example that I remember was a uh, survival server that was very busy. And what they did was they had a separate server for mining. And so oh, yeah. you just, you'd go through the portal, you'd mine, complete carte blanche, like do whatever you want, destroy all the things on the mining server. And that way you're not ripping up landscape that someone might want to build a house on or, or whatever in the existing. Now that was back before we had so much depth to the world as well before 118 so there was less blocks to mine but also alleviates the problem when like if everybody's using a lot of concrete like the, the deserts on the server just get destroyed right yeah and so this way you could have you know different um biomes and different stuff available on a separate server but what i was thinking of now that this is part of the vanilla game or will be when this rolls into the game it could be used in a couple of different ways like mini games as you mentioned here you know to, to go from um being on a server or a survival server to a minigame server but also having 
the actual teleportation as part of the game. So not necessarily just putting the mini game because it's popular on a different server, but having the transfer of the player be part of the game. So like you have to, if you complete this parkour course or if you complete this, you know, mini game, then you get to go to this other server to get something or do something or move on to level two, level three, level four, that kind of thing. And I was also thinking about something like a hardcore server where you quote unquote die or fail at whatever goal that you've not completed. But instead of just your world ending or you dying, you go to another world. Maybe it's an easier world. Maybe it's a harder world. Maybe you're punished for dying and you have to work your way back up to get transferred back. I mean, that could be something as simple as fighting the dragon, achieving some sort of achievement, custom achievement, or something like Minecraft bingo. And I just, I like that idea of this kind of switching where just because you, this, this game or this phase has ended, you could then be zapped to a different server and then ultimately get brought back at some point too. There's interesting potential there. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's interesting mostly that it's been coded into the vanilla game and that plugins aren't strictly required to network servers like this anymore. I think that's the the major change that's happened here. And it kind of goes in line with the stuff they've added with quick play, where if you can click multiplayer, you can set up the game to just log you into a specific server without having to go through a list of them and whatnot. I think it makes perfect sense to do stuff like that. And it'll make a lot of sense to have functionality like that hard coded into the game for people. So that's that's pretty good. Let's move on into email today, though. You can email the show at spawnchunkmail at gmail.com if you want us to read your email on the show. Keep them short and sweet. Maybe keep them on topic with some stuff we've had in the discussions lately or anything that's been on your mind Minecraft-wise. And the first email today comes in from Daniel C. with the subject of a quartz structure. Hey, Pix and Joel. Been an avid listener of the podcast for a year or so now. Building on the spirit of last week's episode, which is 281, uh, there's an email regarding the nether, and I was left wondering about quartz. Almost every building block in the game appears in a generated structure one way or the other. Cobblestone is in jungle temples and villages. Almost all wood types are in villages, along with some terracotta. There's deep slate in ancient cities, blackstone in bastions, copper and tuff are now in the new trial chambers, etc. But what about quartz? We can craft blocks, stairs, slabs, and decorated variants, but there is no trace of it being used in the world's past. We know that piglins mined gold, netherrack, and blackstone because they use it in bastion structures, but why not quartz? I propose a new structure for the nether made out of quartz and perhaps basalt, which also doesn't have a structure with it yet. It could be something simple like a piglin statue like Joel suggested, or some kind of ghast shrine with some gunpowder and ghast tears in a chest or something. What are your thoughts? I agree that the end should get more attention, but it wouldn't hurt to add a small new structure to the nether. Daniel fell to a lava lake while mining for quartz, but activated elytra at the last second and flew away to safety. Oh, close call. Close call, Daniel. Congratulations on your uh, elite uh, elytra flying skills. That's a how to train your dragon moment. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely it is. So this got me thinking about other blocks in the game that we see in structures or don't see in structures. And we've got things like granite and andesite that aren't really prevalent 
in Minecraft structures. I don't remember if there's andesite in pillager outposts. There might be. Uh, ocean ruins are the place to look ocean for that. Ruins. Which, again, are easy to overlook yeah. for obvious reasons, but you do get yeah. polished granite there. You do get polished andesite in some of those. Even, in some cases, glazed terracotta of a couple of different varieties. Right. But, uh, yeah, they're hardly the most obvious of structures, and half of them are made out of sandstone in the warm oceans anyway. So, yeah, the, uh, right. the cold ocean ruins, you'll find them, but not in any great degree they're not like crucial to the design of those structures or anything yeah and then my brain went to newer blocks like calcite dripstone and amethyst but then we don't get building blocks out of those those are just blocks in the game you yeah know, we don't have stairs and slabs and bricks and all that kind of stuff so at least not yet uh knock on wood so like i i see where they're coming from like how do you feel about quartz structures in the nether see here's the thing piglins do show evidence of using quartz in one place specifically in bridge bastion remnants the bridge part has a cluster of gold blocks on top of a pillar it's made to look kind of like a piglin head it's got like a snout on one side and either side of that snout are two quartz slabs and that i believe is the only place that quartz blocks are used in a generated structure um, correct me if I'm wrong. Again, folks uh, in, in the, the live chat and in the emails can maybe let us know. But um, yeah, I think there is very minimal use of quartz anywhere else. And I think it would really stand out amid everything else in the nether. It's a very extreme contrast for one thing because it's such a bright and clean looking block. And a lot of the textures in the nether are darker or, you know, they, they would contrast very heavily with something that was that sort of purer white color. Um, you obviously get bone blocks in soul sand valleys, and those are obviously in formations that are meant to evoke giant creatures that may have existed at one point. But quartz on its own would stand out really strongly. And I'm not sure if it would be believable that it remained that clean in the environment of the nether where everything is fiery and you imagine that there is sort of soot and ash everywhere from stuff burning um i do like the suggestion of adding basalt alongside the quartz to show its age so like polished basalt looks more like a quartz pillar um and that's something that i tried to do with my builds on empire season two where you imagine them being made out of quartz or something like that like a a marbled pillar with the kind of fluting lines in it every so often but then turning that into uh polished basalt's at least gives the impression that it's worn down and gotten grimier with with age um you do see basalt used in piglin bastions mixed in with the blackstone to show signs of decay there so it'd sort of be decay from the other direction i suppose um but yeah there's potential for quartz structures to be introduced but there are so few resources in the nether that i'm not certain i want each one of those to be used in a structure and have no gaps in that i think it maybe lends a couple of ideas to the player to introduce these materials that nobody else seems to have taken advantage of it yet uh how do you feel about that joel i i'm in the same sort of camp and that they would stand out and not feel really like they're part of the landscape without other blocks or new versions new textures of quartz being brought in you know things like weathered quartz or something that might have more netherrack in it or or something like that i think it would feel pretty stark because other blocks like blackstone or uh, nether bricks they're in the same sort of color value range uh they have a similar texture like blackstone is really noisy just like netherrack so even the, with the high contrast it still feels like it's kind of very nether like uh sooty as you as you mentioned it almost feels dirty and i think that to your point it would maybe also rob players of 
like wanting to build with quartz in the nether because it's i remember one of the first things i did when i when i made my nether hub on the very first world that i played i was using high contrast blocks like black and quartz because uh, i also just introduced a world of color so i had concrete and uh it was like it was one of those things where quartz just looked so stark in the red foggy background of the nether it made it easy to find your way back you know you mm -hmm. look for the giant white door frame that you put in the wall that's the way out that kind of stuff and so i feel like having quartz structures around might i don't want to say rob the player but just there's there's a certain satisfaction to putting something very clean and bright in the nether compared to the rest of the surroundings that it feels very player generated and and satisfying in that way in the same way that taking something that's really messy and making it straight and tidy has that same that same feeling um i was thinking though that you might be able to squeeze some quartz into something like a ruined nether portal in the overworld that might work not a lot but like in the same way that there's gold blocks and other bits of the nether strewn around in those ruined nether portals having a bit of quartz there could be could be interesting it wouldn't necessarily look like part of the structure it might just look like a larger quartz deposit maybe um but then i i think about like where else would i'd see when i think about quartz i kind of think about like roman architecture and like pillars and and things like that and my brain went to uh, jungle temples and i don't know if you want to put something in a jungle temple uh maybe inside of it where it can't be seen from the outside to you know your point earlier about things in the nether standing out i think having a quartz uh structure in the jungle on its own would be very you know very bright in comparison and so putting quartz maybe inside the jungle temple i mean the jungle temples in my opinion needed a little bit of an overhaul because they're they feel pretty dated to me but in the same way we also have trail ruins that are very well hidden in certain places in the overworld so you could have you know a couple of broken columns maybe some a half built wall or something of quartz in a jungle and if it's overgrown then that could be a really kind of a fun discovery as you're walking up on it it's like why is there this white speck over here and then you discover you know a half dozen or a dozen blocks of quartz that look like it could have been like a little ruined structure like a well or i don't know whatever like insert whatever you want to want to put there but that could be pretty cool yeah and i think putting it in the overworld is not quite as odd as people might expect because you think of quartz as being primarily a nether material but look at it from the flip side stonemason villagers trade quartz and obviously that brings up the question of where you think they get it from i don't think they get it from the nether i think there is a greater chance that they're somehow refining it from raw diorite and granite which are supplies that they will buy from the player usually trading them back as their polished variants, but since the player can craft diorite and granite using quartz and cobblestone in different ratios, I think it's perfectly feasible to imagine that the villagers are maybe refining those to get the quartz that they then turn into the, the quartz pillar and block of quartz that they trade back to you. So it's not necessarily from the nether in that sense, it's a material that it shares and you're just able to get fragments of pure quartz from the nether where you can't get those from the overworld quartz is also used in redstone components and we have evidence of those in ancient cities you find comparators underneath the central portal there so it is not wholly a nether material in the way that we think of it it's sort of a a trans-dimensional material it crosses the divide in that way so it may be that the developers themselves don't necessarily think of quartz as exclusively a nether material and wouldn't want to use it in the 
structures of the nether or it may simply be that they don't want to populate absolutely every structure in the world with blocks and make the player feel like they are always catching up to the technology level of the world instead of innovating and finding new blocks to play with themselves i think it's a really good parallel it's like it's why there's no castles in the overworld right because yeah. they want people to build their own and come up with cool ideas on their own and not just say oh this is how you build a castle in minecraft no no build it however you want and i think that there's a certain line that i feel mojang toes in that they they don't want to encroach on any kind of creativity or brainstorming that the player might have i mean at the same time i've certainly looked at ocean monuments and other structures and thought to myself now i'm a creative person and i think to myself ooh I wonder what I could do to change that. How would I design an ocean monument if it was up to me, you know? And so I can see like the push pull of like being inspired by, but also like, well, why would I bother building an ocean monument when they already exist? You know, like there's that back and forth. Moving on to the main discussion this week, Minecraft revealed the purpose of the vault keys players receive as a reward for completing trial chambers. They unlock the new block called vault, giving one time player instance rewards. And we're going to talk about our thoughts on per player loot. What should the vault drop and should other systems in the game work this way? So what were your thoughts when you first saw the results of the, uh, the vault key? I think it makes a lot of sense for the trial keys to unlock something that is immediately apparent to the player. There was a lot of speculation about it being related to the end city portal and my while obviously I love the idea of them doing something fun with the end city portal, or the ancient city portal rather, my question was, like, how is the player going to be informed of that? You know, like, how, aside from just going, hey, these are two mysterious things, what if we put them together? Like, how is the player going to be, you know, notified of that? And so it makes a lot more sense for them to be present in the trial chamber structures for now, and related to the trial chamber as an experience it feels like those environments needed more reward there are a couple of reward chests in the trial chambers already but they are not quite so clearly signposted and arguably you can get better rewards from the trial spawners than you can from any of the other chests in there so i think it makes sense for them to be where they are. I also quite like the design. For my money, it looks a little bit too much like a trial spawner to the point where players might confuse the two of them at a glance, but it does encourage, you know, a little bit more investigation of the environment, and you might wonder why that, you know, little spawner-looking thing in the corner hasn't done anything yet, so that once you get a trial key, you can understand, okay, that's what I use that on. I think right now, Based on my previous experience of trial spawners, we probably get too many keys for an individual structure unless they plan on putting one of these in every major room, or they plan on rolling back the amount of trial keys you get. But I was coming away with five or six keys from a single trial chamber, and if there are going to be that many vaults, great. If there's only going to be one vault per chamber and it's this kind of climactic, you've beaten the room and here's your reward kind of thing, it makes sense to roll back the amount of keys that a player gets in the average run through otherwise you're just going to be able to give out keys to all of your friends and go here you go have at it so i'm kind of mixed on it until i feel out the balance of what they're like in an upcoming snapshot probably but i i'm cautiously optimistic about how this is going to affect the player experience of trial chambers in particular 
Yeah, it's a little peculiar that they announced today the Minecraft monthly video or like just it's a it's a presentation video as opposed to a snapshot, which is normally how we get stuff. And it it leaves this hole for like while we wait for a snapshot, we kind of have to speculate on really how it's going to work. And I mean, in a good way, that means more time for player feedback, but it also it can lead to some odd, I don't say odd discussion, but some misleading discussion because like we don't have all the info. Like we, we don't really know. It's it's definitely not complete, you know? And to your point about indicating that it actually goes with the trial key, this is where not having it in game to test is a struggle because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it animates. Like I think when you walk up to it as a player, I think the mouth of the skull on it opens. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's because you have a trial key on you or just because the player is close by, right? So if if it only opens when you've got a trial key on you, then that could be a, a subtle hint, maybe too subtle, uh, in game for that kind of thing. I thought it was neat. It's very it's very like you know labyrinth or you know Indiana Jones. Like you walk up to this thing and the the, the keyhole opens up and it's a mouth. Like that's cool. Um, but I, like you, I think the design of it. There is like a a few pixels of of kind of like a coppery orange color on the top. Um, three sides of the top, the sides that don't have the little skull face on it. Mm-hmm. But I think the whole thing could have more copper on it. Specifically, it's got this very thick base to it. And I feel like that currently gray, if that was a copper base to it, it would stand out a lot more and be like, this is not a trial spawner. This is a separate thing, right? Because uh, with you, I it looks an awful lot like a trial spawner and the average player may not know that right away. And so I feel like they have to do something with it you know we we talk about this all the time in design you know silhouette color and then you know any kind of texture that's on it and so right now the silhouette is the same because that's a struggle of minecraft because so many things are a block right yeah so you're, you're left with color and texture and i feel like they could change maybe the pattern on the grate on the side of it they could do a few things to maybe make it look a little bit more unique um as far as the trial keys go, and uh, I guess we can talk about, you know, the per player loot. Um, my view here is heavily skewed by the fact that I'm a, I'm playing on a six plus year old server. And outside of more shulker boxes and the spare elytra, I want for nothing. Yeah. And I don't really play things like hardcore or speed runs or game modes where in-game loot at this level is valuable. Because to me, there's really, you know an enchanted shovel is not going to entice me to go do a trial chamber. Yeah. Uh, I would do it for the experience, but it's not, I'm not doing it for the loot. That's for sure. And I would be the person's like, you want my trial key? Cause like, I really have no use, you know, for this kind of thing. And so that's where I'm, I think that, you know, there's, there's definitely some stuff that needs to play out in terms of like what they're going to be giving players for the loot. Um, but, you know, on the multiplayer server side of things, having that loot be tied to just a player is pretty cool. And I think that it reminds me of player instance drops in MMOs like World of Warcraft, where, you know, you're spending a lot of time on a big event and there's like a boss drop or there's something. And if the RNG didn't favor you or at least give something to everyone, it would feel bad. You know, you might not get the drop that you're waiting for, but you'll at least get something. If it was just one of the five of you is going to get a reward and, you know, like three to the five times that you run it, 
in, in, your your priest gets the thing three times in a row just because that's how the luck went. Like that would be terrible. So having this kind of thing in Minecraft is great where you can go down, you can get the thing. And if somebody comes up behind you in the same way that you could leave things in a chest to help someone coming behind you uh, in the trial chambers, uh, you can, um, and, and the trial chambers have, uh, sorry, not the trial chamber, the trial spawners have a cooldown when that next player comes in, not only is the dungeon reset, the experience is reset, but then also if they get a trial key, then there's going to be loot in the vault because uh, it being player specific. And I think that's a really interesting idea. Yeah, I think honestly, per player loot is great. And the current loot table is not. <laughs> but I, do, I don't right. just mean the placeholder items that they showed in the videos. I honestly think we are reaching a stage where, like you, players are tired of receiving generic rewards, like diamonds or even diamond equipment like this from structures. Like, it's it's something that pops up all over the place. And there are specific cases like ancient cities in which, say, having a diamond hoe in there ties in with the environment of the ancient city where you have skulk everywhere and they're clearly using those hoes to tend to the skulk or remove it from the area because it's the ideal tool to break the skulk with and so there are some cases in which you know a little bit of environmental storytelling can be done with loot like that but the trial chambers don't seem like the best place to do that unless the reward is some kind of status symbol that says congratulations you survived a trial chamber and kind of ties it in with what these might have been used for and why the structures themselves exist but i think at this point i've seen a few people speak out about the idea of not wanting a few emeralds or a few diamonds to be chucked your way of it feeling like unique loot makes the most sense from this so that it feels like a a reason for the player to go and do a trial chamber beyond just hey one exists and i'm excited to see what like i can grab from it and i i think that's a fun prospect but obviously it's difficult to come up with unique items and unique items that have to be locked behind a combat challenge which is not going to be ab absolutely everybody's cup of tea so you obviously have a bit of push and pull with different players play styles and how much you benefit one play style over the other i was thinking about this and i came up with a completely independent idea of what i would really like out of a new minecraft object i would love there to be something that you could combine with a spyglass in some way that you could pin your point of view to it when you looked through the spyglass so something like a lodestone block where you place it in the world and you attune your spyglass to it and then when you look through the spyglass you are looking from the perspective of the block you just placed and it detaches your camera from the player's field of view allowing you to look at stuff from a distance or set up security cameras in your base or if you're working on a build and you don't want to fly back and forth to a, like a viewing platform from a certain angle you can just place a block there and you know, every time you look through a spyglass, you're holding down the right-click button, but you're looking through something. And if it was something that had a utility like that, I would be going down to trial chambers in an instant to try and get hold of one of those so that I could use it for building. But not everybody's going to want to do that. Not everyone's going to want to go through a combat trial in order to get hold of some stuff. Like, I know people who are still scared to go to the nether because, you know, the amount of stuff that exists there that is designed to kill you or is scary or there's lava everywhere and there's a chance of you losing everything 
but that impedes their progression through the rest of the game and locks them off from having access to certain materials. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to what they could put in these that feel valuable enough to certain types of players that they are worth going down there and feels like an adequate reward, but at the same time isn't going to gate off certain items from being available to players who don't want the trial chamber experience. It's a, a really hard balancing act every time. I love that idea, though, of having a, a point of view linked <laughs> right? somewhere else. I mean, yeah, it's memed in my Twitch chat. Like, it's called the Burp, the backup and review platform, because I do it <laughs> so often. Like, Twitch I'm chat's so good like, at coming up with the helpful oh, acronyms, aren't they? <laughs> man, in every game, Satisfactory, Minecraft, like, I'm constantly list, like, jumping in a hypertube or use, zipping off with my Elytra, you know, change four blocks, and you back up 100 blocks and say, that that doesn't look all that good then you fly back in change it yeah. again like yeah i i can see i haven't pulled the trigger of um buying a second minecraft account and just having like a camera account which i don't know if my computer could do two instances of minecraft and stream at the same time and not give me a headache either yeah, so yeah. there is there is that but if i if if i was doing it like as a if i was building a lot and making videos where i wasn't streaming at the same time i totally would have a second camera account by now like that would definitely be a thing um, but I like I like that idea, but I understand also the discussion about balance of like not tying it behind something that's really important behind combat, because like you said, not many people or there are people out there that don't want to to do that. And I mean, specifically to even our um, comment earlier about uh, cheats and commands, you know, there's people out there that want to keep on inventory. They want to turn off fire spread. We don't have fire spread on on the Citadel and like having that stuff be more accepted and more accessible i think is is important uh so when it comes to stuff like this like it's always hard to kind of come up with something that doesn't imbalance a game and i think it's one of the things that's so challenging about minecraft being now 14 years old is that um it's like there's just so much there's such a knock-on effect you add in one new thing and it becomes an entire you know just you know like potential can of worms for other balances in the game you know things like if it was really rewarding uh to get something like diamonds or or emeralds from a uh, a vault um sure you could tie that to a player but then like because of how easy trial keys are to farm like how like if it's, if it's just the one use and it's it's just like okay great i get a couple of diamonds you know but if it was something you could repeat then that would be different and to your point earlier about communicating that to the player if you do have a number of trial keys and you decide that you want to go around and try to find more trial spawners and more vaults to get more loot for yourself how do you communicate to the player that they've already been there outside of the player leaving a sign to say like by the way i looted this one but that's for you yeah you know and if you're if you're coming into a server mate that's already gone through the trial chamber like the fact that there's somebody there you have to then remember like it wasn't me i've not been here before but somebody else has and i think that you have to find a way to communicate when a trial spawner has been looted by a player that it changes somehow you know and maybe the 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 lock is broken or like even that you still have to get all the way up to it before you know so like i feel like there's some things there that need to be honed in terms of communicating the the process to the player um with the vault drop being unique um we've had a a couple of people chime in uh, on my discord server actually cjr williams uh and i'm paraphrasing here said that they really hoped that the trial key would be usable outside of the trial chamber adding features that are isolated within the structure as opposed to connecting things across the world which is way more useful 
in my mind. And I think that's where sometimes when you think about the vault giving you a reward and the key giving you a reward, it's right now focused on like, well, I'm in a trial chamber. And so what is my reward for completing the trial chamber? But what if vaults were not just in the trial chamber, right? Like yeah, CJ, CJ went on to talk about um, end cities, ancient cities, bastions, etc. Like put them all over the place so that once you get your trial key and yeah, have, have, have a vault in the trial chamber, but then have other vaults that might have other things. Now, I, at that point, I don't think you could have unique loot for all of them, but you could certainly have some of the more rare loot in the game, specifically things on multiplayer servers that go quickly. Uh, and that's where actually we have an email from Kokoro Daki, who is a landscape artist member in our Discord. And the subject is Trial Key Outside of Trial Chambers. Hi, Pix and Joel. This week, we got the news about what the trial key will be used for in the trial chambers with 1.21. Personally, I think it's an interesting system. And although the rewards currently seem mediocre, Mojang has said that those are placeholders and may change. So I'm withholding my judgment about that for now. However, I think this system could be adopted across so much more of the game. I'd love to see Mojang use this in some of the rarer structures in the game to allow players to reset looted chests once per player, at least those that don't come with much loot of significance that may have unique rewards. For example, any player who wants to collect conduits on a large multiplayer server may have to travel thousands of blocks away to find undiscovered buried treasure. So what if the trial key could be used on a buried treasure chest to regenerate the loot and maybe get a heart of the sea out of it? Or what if some of the more special chests in Bastions could be regenerated for more chances at ancient debris and smithing templates? Or perhaps instead of resetting existing chests, what if some structures got extra chests that could only be opened with trial keys? Do you guys think this could work? Is there anything else you think trial keys could be used for considering how easy they are to farm? Kokorodaki drowned next to a buried treasure chest because he couldn't remember which shulker had his trial keys. <laughs> it's like looting through your pockets, looking for the right thing and in, in underwater. Again, very Indiana Jones, right? Yes. I, I like the idea of the trial keys opening up various chests. And that's where my mind was going when they first announced trial keys was that I didn't think it was necessarily going to be this vault thing. I thought we might get a new kind of chest or something that could only be opened with a trial key, but not just one location. Like it would be a new Minecraft thing that would just be everywhere. And if it was something unlike a vault, if it was something like a trial chest or a locked chest that the player could craft, then that opens up all kinds of stuff for mini games and rewards. And like you farm some trial keys and then you use those in your mini game as a reward for people that complete your shooting challenge, you know, with your bow and arrow. And then they get to use that trial key on a locked chest that's in your, um, in, in your mini game and they get a special reward, whatever, whatever that happens to be. And so there's, there's potential there to expand it outside and have the mechanic be used across the like everywhere you know overworld nether all kinds of places i, I love the idea of um uh heart of the sea and uh the smithing templates like anything that's like that that's difficult to get and there's just one you know or maybe two in a chest and they're few and far between um i know that uh i'll think in i can't remember who but in my personal discord there's someone that's has a new world and they decided to use large biomes 
and they're just it's a single player world and they're having trouble finding stuff because everything is just so far apart and the yeah. biomes are so large right so you know you introduce that or you introduce you know multiplayer servers and it just becomes a real issue in terms of scarcity when things get you know snapped up so quickly so there's potential to use the idea behind player linked loot with the vault and apply it to other things in in minecraft yeah like i i like the idea of being able to re-roll chest loot once that's kind of a fun concept in itself like but i i feel like that's not necessarily what they have planned with the vault and the trial key but definitely a fun concept that it might be worth revisiting in future um i i do think that the vaults themselves have great potential for adding in revisions to older structures although it seems like from what i've read online the devs are somewhat resistant to that idea um they would be a great solution on servers for players who choose to hoard elytra and other valuable items so it makes sense that one player turns up and has you know a trial key they unlock a vault in an end ship they get an elytra and they're able to do that with every ship that's out there instead of just first come first served you know um yeah, like I, I think stuff like this is viable and it's certainly viable for future structures. I don't know for certain how much of it we're going to get in existing systems kind of grafted in. But yeah, like there's some some potential for it to allow more access to the rewards that are currently unique in other places and just provide a different way of getting hold of some things. Like one of the things that came to my mind when we had the vault announced was what if this is a combat focused way to get any armor trim because obviously combat and armor go hand in hand so it might be a fun way to be like yeah sure i, I beat the trial chamber and i got an armor trim out of it and i didn't have to go and find a specific structure in order to get it or maybe even the unique drop that you get is a piece of diamond armor that's already been trimmed with a let's say random armor trim or it's been renamed already so you get the breastplate of worthiness or whatever and maybe even that prompts some players to pull some lore out of the situation and imagine that somebody else has left this behind or some sort of civilization has 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 gifted you this this piece of equipment i think that kind of stuff makes it a little more viable i think to give you loot that players are already used to um but on a multiplayer server i think that's that's huge like i, I think um the even the heart of the sea example is a good one because if you get a conduit out of the vault instead of a heart of the sea that's another way of effectively cutting down the amount of traveling you have to do and just shifting the focus to a different style of gameplay i think that's a really interesting idea too is is taking the things that involve mostly exploration and changing it to combat and vice versa because then you appeal to whatever walk the player walks right yeah yeah it's it's serving different gameplay styles with similar rewards and i have seen a few people i will call it complaining because it is complaining but like raising the point that a lot of the stuff that mojang adds and you know naturally this is the case because a world is ever expanding and you have to explore new chunks in order to find new resources and stuff but basically everything forces players to explore when sometimes that may not be their desire 
and exploration can be served by a variety of things like new generated structures and new biomes and stuff like that but there are very few ways of players accessing those things if they're not interested in exploration at all and so yeah you might argue that it's all part of the game at that stage but there are certainly players who would want to acquire stuff in different ways and some players might just want to fight a bunch of stuff and then get hold of the armor trim without having to go through the process of looting the 17th desert temple in a row in the hope that they get their dune armor trim or whatever like it took me ages to get the end city armor trim and i didn't want shulker boxes or any of the end city loot by the end i was just looking for the armor trim and that one probably took me the longest or the most structures contiguously raided until i until i encountered one i i think i got my end city uh i, I think i got the ancient city silence trim faster than i found the end city one so yeah I, I do wonder if it's it's a matter of players just finding a cool solution to that that fits with their gameplay style as opposed to it needing to be unique loot and it just being like another way of getting hold of something Whatever the eventual loot is from the vault, it will have to be pretty special for for me to be interested in it. And I say that as someone that could probably use Swift Sneak that you get from ancient cities. I mean, it's it's neat. It's unique. I, I could probably find it useful in building. Sure. Have I bothered to go get it? No. <laughs> you know? And, and I think that that's another... Like, I haven't gone to get armor trims either. I have some. They've been delivered to me by server mates because they found extra. And uh, for me, I think the other kind of outside thing to gameplay style is time, right? And if you're a busy adult uh, or you have, you know, limited time because you're a student, uh, spending all this time fighting trial chambers and, and to try to get a good reward, like it has to be worth your time for that to happen. And if it's not, then um, again, to pull from something that I saw in my Discord, I believe from CJ was that he's hoping that the trial chamber experience and reward is interesting enough that they don't turn into just something that you want to mine down and nothing to get all the blocks from yeah and there are going to be people who just want to do that because they want a load of copper without having to age it you know I oh think sure that there's, yeah. there's, there's still plenty of reasons for it and uh, going back to what cj said about there being something you collect from a trial chamber like the trial key and then it is used in a different structure while i said at the beginning that i think it makes sense for them to be used right there in the trial chamber for now i personally do like the idea of it effectively sending you to different places right it's like the progression of the game where you have to go to the nether and then you're trying to locate the nether fortress and the nether fortress gives you the thing that you need to locate the stronghold and you get taken to that a different way and there's this knock-on effect this sort of domino effect of challenges that you have to set up and knock down and i think there is room for that in other systems elsewhere in the game and so if ultimately vaults get put in other structures, I think that goes hand in hand with it. But we're starting small and focused. And I think yeah. that's something that's a good thing for ideas in Minecraft that can be fleshed out into larger systems, is that if they start small and focused, players get a handle on them, and then they can figure out what to do with them next. That is the hope, at least. Um, for now, though, that's where we're going to leave this discussion and this episode of The Spawn Chunks, but we'd love to hear from anyone else in the community, especially if we get our hands on vaults this week, what your experience of them is and how you would make them into something appealing to players from all playstyles. 
In the meantime, you can find more information about our show and links to some of the stuff that we have talked about today over at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show is composed by me, and The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you're getting some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join our community, where pledging at any of the paid tiers gets you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat. You can listen to the show live when we record it in Discord every Monday. Our monthly Minecraft audio hangout has just happened, but there'll be another one at the end of February and we have our quarterly hangout coming up as well so stay tuned for announcements about that in the announcements channel and discord we currently have 323 patrons which is steady on from last week of course there is always room for more special thanks go out to our content engineer patrons hunter555 jumbo sale mind trip media party voyager and yitz thank you all for your support on this episode Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. You can find us at The Spawn Chunks on social media. Personal recommendations are by far the best way to share a podcast. Just tell a friend about The Spawn Chunks and where they can go to listen to it. That includes iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Be sure to leave a rating and a review on your favorite platform. You can email the show at spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. The RSS feed is linked on the spawnchunks.com, and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page. That's where you can listen to the Render Distance, the extended version of the podcast. My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixelriffs. You can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixelriffs, where the Minecraft Survival Guide is currently in its third season. I also stream three days a week on Twitch, where I do behind-the-scenes work for my YouTube series, including all of the building on this floating island that's been going on lately. I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which is still on hiatus as Hermitcraft prepares for season 10. But in the meantime, you can find us through a quick YouTube search. And aside from that, I'm at Pixelriffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything that I'm doing online can be found at joelduggan.com. That includes a link to the Citadel Cafe, my podcast about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment. I'm Joel Duggan on social media and Joel Duggan on Twitch, where I typically stream Thursday through Sunday, mostly these days building on the Citadel, working towards finishing up Westill. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, but what's in the vault?